Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Oh, his friends were amazing. His friends were amazing. Iceman, mm-hmm. Fire, Firestar, yes. Storm. Oh, no, Firestar. no, Firestar. You got it in one. Yeah, nice. yeah. Oh, and with the trap door in their freaky college apartment. That's right. right. The kitchen would move around. Stop, Rob. <laughs> stop. You're like, you know, you were there. You were there too. Come on. I was, by, I, by then, I may have been watching King Kong Bundy and Big John Stud. <laughs> that came on later. That was at the Come end of the Saturday morning on. lineup. I know. Yes. I know. You know, you were there for the whole run. That's right. All right. All right. True. Rob Cabasco, Kyle Olson, I am glad to be Saturday matineeing with you both. Yes, thank you for having us back. It's nice to not talk about Hulk for a while. Abby, don't worry, we'll find a way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so we will. I, I guess oh, for we those will. who have uh, not heard us before, uh, this is Kyle. And hi, this is Rob. Just so you mm-hmm. know which, which is which. Also, I'm Pete. Everyone knows Pete. Usually. <laughs> Jeez, You're a YouTube okay. star. No. <laughs> That is well-trod territory. That story was just for you guys, and we're going to leave it there. Here, this is the thing. There is a new Star Trek show out, and I need to Ooh. I need to get uh, some words on it. You guys, are you guys both into the Trek? Oh, yes. Yes. Hardcore Trekkies. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. And Absolutely. where do you stand on uh, the work that they are doing 
now. We're talking about uh, Star Trek Discovery. We're talking about Picard. Give us the uh, give us the lowdown. What do you think? Yeah, I think overall, I mean, the production quality has been amazing. Um, this it's been a tiny bit uneven, uh, but you know they they they've been bold in not just the story, but what they're trying to do in terms of expanding both forwards and backwards. Uh, that's not meant to, I mean, just, you know, with Picard, if you've watched Picard, you you know that there's a whole lot of, a little bit of retconning. There's a little bit of, of flash forwarding everything. Um, no, I think it's great, but I have to say, I have found it, I have found sometimes in all the shows I've watched a little tedious. I've actually enjoyed more of the, uh, the shorts that they've done um, because I think just the whole... Hmm. It's a lot of stuff. We have a we we right now we're still in this time of there's a lot of content. Well, there's granted there's a lot of time yes. to consume there's said a lot content, of content out there. but uh, you know our brains are only <laughs> so much capacity. But I think they're good. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery had that had that problem at the beginning of yeah, changing right. showrunners midstream. That always is is causes a little bit of a disruption. So there's there's the show it started out in the first season and the show it ended in the first season were very different shows. But I think second season. Once they got up and running, that was that season was one of the best Star Trek seasons ever. I mean, like they once they sort of got their their feet under them, boy, they really went somewhere with it. And like it was it was like a finely crafted show. I mean, like that you, the stuff that happened in episode one paid off in episode sixteen. Like there, right. <laughs> you know what stuff matters. Yeah, it actually turns out yeah. that it's not just a, like the like the the fire and forget or the reset button. You know, yeah. it's like no, yeah, actually, right. uh, it actually, people like it when characters remember things that happened to them from week to week. Who I I think it was an ex- ended up being an exceptional show. It took a long time, as yes. you say, to find its legs. It I think it rediscovered itself three times over the course of the hey. thing, and oh, and so. then by by the time by the end of season two, I could not wait for season three. But I was really bad. Yes. How are they going to do this? Because honest to God, as a fan, I don't know which show I want to watch. I don't know if I want to follow Discovery and see, you know, where they go on their explorations or if I want to stay with my man, Chris Pike, because that mm. was some good television. Right. Man, he was so he good. He is so good. And it sounds like and in the words of Ethan Peck. Science mm. officer Spock, he says, you asked, we listened. This is this new <laughs> show is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it follows Captain Christopher Pike and the rest of the USS Enterprise, which is what I wanted in the first place. Yeah. So there we have it. I don't know when it's coming. I just know that they're making it and uh, it takes place uh, 10 years before um, the Star Trek that we knew from the 60s. There was some. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about it. I'm I'm darn near thrilled about it. Just those three actors together yeah. are fantastic. So even just just even for that, I'm happy to tune in. Yeah, it was those things when when Pike left, I was genuinely sad. Like when he stepped off the bridge, it was like, oh man, they really yeah. did such a great job of developing that character beyond just head in a box. Yeah, uh, you know, or like you know, rolling around and beeping the, bo- the body like, box. The, yeah, body the body box. box. Isn't that also an amazing uh, the way the dots connect yes. on how that all that happened? Because right? if Inhumans isn't a disaster, does he is yeah. he doing that role? Right? Like I don't even know, right? Like, and and obviously it's because of his performance. I mean, that's one of the big things I think that has sold the not only just sold the character but sold the whole dynamics that is going to make that into a show. And I and I agree. Yes. Like yeah. I, I want to see the Enterprise. Why we show up? I absolutely yeah. want to see it. I. I, I Absolutely. That's the show I want to see. I think all this other stuff is great. I want to see where the Enterprise is, yeah. what's happening, no matter what timeline they pick. Well, and or what a massive shout out to the production design care. on season oh, two for designing an yeah. Enterprise that felt in universe. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm I'm all about the JJ stuff. I yes. am on the record. Yes, I'm a fan of the, the 2009 uh, Star Trek. I, I had a great time with it. But this was the Enterprise that I had expected going into that. And and oh, I, right. I just uh, this was this was what I wanted um, in, in related news. This from uh, man on the street, Ray Delancey. Uh, he's he found on Twitter, Jeffrey Combs from DS9 and Enterprise, uh, that there is some sort of steam building to try to to fan steam to get him cast as the doctor on uh, Strange New Worlds. That yeah. would be pretty fun. Combs well, that himself. would be great. Yeah. I love Jeffrey Combs. I, every time he's been on Star Trek, he's been phenomenal. But it's, it's, this is one of those like fan casting things that I yes. hope that the producers go, hey, you know what? Uh, that is a pretty good idea. Like, the only reason it doesn't exist is because no one thought of it yet. Like yeah. I'm okay with those kinds of bits of synchronicity. So he has said on Twitter, the chances are slim mm. to none. So there you and go. Slim left town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that's the news uh, from Star Trekville. Get get excited. Go ahead and get excited about that because oh, yes. we like him. We like him so much. Yeah. Let's see. Do we? Would you rather talk about Scream or Snyder Cut? <laughs> well, if we're gonna talk about Scream, let's get it out of the way. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> David Arquette says Scream 5 is confirmed. Now, Snyder Cut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, obviously we we did talk, the the, the Satmat boys uh, did talk about the news that broke it, that that the Snyder Cut is real, Um, which, uh, but I think there's more that we talk about. First of all, uh, the, is it the head of HBO Max or the head of HBO, like came out and, and they said, wow, you're actually giving Zack Snyder $30 million to finish this. He's like, Oh, I wish it was only $30 million. (laughs) 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 But, uh, the details that come out are basically that he's allowed to go back to, uh, recut, rescore, uh, ADR, uh, new effects, new music, and that's it. Like, he said, oh, I can bring everybody back? I can put Ben Affleck back in the suit? No. Like, they're not allowed to bring any actors back in to do new stuff. He can only use what he has or have them come in and do looping. Hmm. But I, I, I still say $3 million is a bargain for what he's getting. Yeah. Because the, what HBO Max, which just launched this week, uh, what it needs is a Mandalorian and now they have one, and they're paying yes. thirty million dollars, which is a bargain. Because I can tell you, that's that's probably one episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, that's an expensive show. The amount of hype, right. the amount of press, like they get us talking about it. Uh, we're and it doesn't even come out till next year. Uh, that is a, a great deal for what they're getting. And I know people, Kyle and I've talked about this in the time that this is all broke. It's only a matter of time. I know people have speculated. It's not a movie. It's going right. to be episodes. Like that would make the most sense. This is going to be an eight. They are literally going to make it the Mandalorian of HBO Max. And you know what? Guess what, everybody? If it does well, <laughs> that's right. Then there'll be more. It's, it's funny that, that this has opened the doors a little bit because now all of a sudden uh, David Iyer is like, "Oh, are we doing director's cut? Because uh, I have some ideas about uh, my Suicide Squad that we could." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yes, I'd love to dive back into the pool with you again, Mr. (laughs) Ives. I, uh, this Justice League thing is interesting because, and I I think that I I was dubious at first, right? Because I was sort of done with the Justice League and I liked that it was a rumor and we could joke about it. And then it became Mm -hmm. real. And then Snyder's post on Twitter with the dark side picture and the giant whatever war crabs, right? Mm -hmm. That was interesting to me. And I couldn't help but imagine that pitch meeting, by the way, we're bringing Darkseid back. Wait, Darkseid wasn't in the movie. Just you wait, right? That's one of those hold my beer moments. And, uh, right. and you start to f- discover where a right. lot of that money is going to end up going. So I, I, the thing that I was skeptical about was, is there enough to entice us if it's not serialized, if it's not in, mm. in, in a series, eight parts? And it sounds like there is going to be enough material in here to make it so substantively different that uh, it, it will be worth watching, even for fans of the original film, for fan. Of the original. Do I think it'd be good? Mm. But I know that I'm going to watch it. Did you say fans of the original film? I corrected it after that. Did you hear okay. that? I corrected it. I said, I was say, oh, okay. for fan, for fan of the original film. I missed that. Was, was, I know there was one. Even the cast and crew were not fans. Of Do them. you know that that's the, that's the movie? <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you this. The first movie ever that I saw with my daughter where we both at the same moments, were visibly <laughs> angry with the film. Aww. To where we would look at each other and she and I would just go, what is this? <laughs> Do you want to leave? What no, an we got to parenting story. <laughs> oh my God, amazing. Well, you know, I don't know if anybody's tuned in before, but you know, we have yes. this thing where my daughter and I will watch movies, you know, every weekend. Last weekend, of course, uh, oh wait, Team America, World Police. Again? So, you know. 17. So you're sitting 17. next to your 17 year old daughter watching puppets having sex. Okay. <laughs> did you watch laugh. the unrated cut? It was, there's, of course you okay. did. Of course you did. Good. I mean, a, gentleman, go. a gentleman always okay. watches the unrated cut. Stop. <laughs> Stop. She lives hysterical. <laughs> no, but I, but I tell you, I just, I'm excited because I, one, I, I'm, I'm a, I am a fan. Of, of what Snyder was doing. I actually was up until this movie for obviously all the reasons that, that everyone knows, but what an interesting opportunity for the future. 
like for the future of yeah. cinema, just this entire concept. I know everyone's talked like, it, it, and also again, we are we are watching a metamorphosis of the distribution mm-hmm. model yeah. of movies. It's literally happening right before us for all reasons. You're seeing it now. It's really getting to places and, that we would have not thought allowing were possible. A studio allowing a director to who is fired to go back to that to a movie and recut it and re-release it. Wow, has that ever happened before? I mean, that sets a whole new precedent in terms of like what they go back. Well, who did who did the Donner when they did the Donner cut? That of Superman was, uh, 2? was it was it, was Richard Donner actually doing the cut or was well, it? Yeah, that was R- Richard Donner uh, supervising. But it was originally Michael Tao, the editor, who uh, ended up jumping back into that one after the 2001 restoration of the movie. So it was I think it was Michael Tao and Tom Mankiewicz and and uh, Donner. In a supervisory role, okay. so yes, but but so, this I mean, one he that, wasn't fired, right? This was that Travis tragedy. Well, yeah, there was, oh, there right, was, there right, was a tragedy. Right. Happened, yeah, there was a tragedy. The, the scuttle. No, I'm not, not him, saying that. I'm not, I'm not throwing conspiracy, but the scuttlebutt yeah. says that right. they were going to fire him, and then when this happened, they yeah. A nice way to be like, okay, let's just uh, both step away. Well, that exhausts me. That's an yeah. eschatological yeah. crisis right there. Right. Well, I'm very excited about it. I don't know. I, I'm very excited about it in that spirit of just like exploration and curiosity. Uh, so let's see what happens. Let's also see what happens when Henry Cavill come back, comes back as Nick <laughs> Superman Fury. Yeah. You're Marvel, guys. How's that sound? That sounds great. Nick Fury in a red cape. <laughs> you know what? Sam I, Jackson could pull it off. If anybody could. If anybody could. He, purple mm-hmm. lightsaber, red cape. I'm telling you. <laughs> He's got the look down. I'm going to say if if there is a post-credit scene at the end of, of Wonder Woman 84 where she comes back home, he's sitting in the, he's sitting in the couch going, hey, we're putting a team together. I you know, think we need to talk. Just, if they decided to do a reboot of Justice League set in the 80s, I, I, I could not be more oh. on board. I could not be more on board with everybody in, the, in like 80s garb and like they're, they're, you know, I don't know. Fighting Cyber Gorbachev. I mean, like, oh no! You yeah. bring in the Wonder Twins. I want the you just do, do, oh, do God, the full yeah. thing because then you can Black Lightning with the Afro. Oh, yeah. My. Okay, Come no, on. that would be amazing. No, it's you know what though. But look, I really liked him as Superman. I'm I'm one of those people. I really like Man of Steel. I yeah, don't, totally appreciated it. Get I out. think the thing that pains me about <laughs> you're, this, you're universe, an island here, buddy. It, yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh my God! When his father, when the father thing happens, and uh-huh. wait, the, the, the completely unnecessary death of his father. I mean, you could put that scene on right advice, now. Movie. Yeah, I, I was weeping too. Silence, absolute. <laughs> so, what I, so what I'm gonna say, I still do. I still like that movie. Um, no, you we know, will it, not be doing a DC I just, movie. I love the fact that, that I guarantee you, because no. Well, I'll tell you though, it would be entertaining because uh, it'd be a knife fight. In every minute ends in a knife fight. Watch our, all of our, our bars going to the red. How dare you? You'll have to tone to tone that down. No, look, no, I just I'm glad. I, look, and the shambles that is the DCEU. Like, okay, I I want some. Yeah, how do you yeah. rebuild this yeah. after what's gone on? Like, and and what do you do when you've got weird movies yet to come? That are still with these characters. Like, how do you make this all work? This is one way you can make it work. And they've, you know what? I I don't know if this is what was the the impetus for this. He, it would have been so great for him to actually yes. have shown up at the end of Shazam. Yeah. Yes. That would, that's what they're, that's actually what they're pointing towards, those types of moments. And yeah, that would have been amazing. And it, it would have worked. Crazy. And, people and it would have totally it. redeemed so, the mustache. Yes. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe that was a little bit much. Yeah. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, especially because Shazam, you know, they amazing. already had an anchor in, yeah. in finding joy in their own characters. And that was yes. huge. Right. huge. Apparently, Superman is allowed to smile. Yeah. Don't you, tell Zack Snyder. You wouldn't okay. know it. <laughs> because his clothes are dirty. They're a little mute. They got to just be washed. I, it, All I don't right. know. I, I, my problem with, with the, the early version of DCEU had nothing to do with Henry Cavill because uh, watching him when it came out in, in Man of Steel and went, oh, okay. That's the first time I'd ever seen him in anything. And then I watched him in Man from Uncle. I'm like, man, this guy is charming. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. And then like go go back to just like, right. like, oh, okay. So you're acting like that intentionally like that's the way they directed you 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out like everybody on a set right. has a role. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of like to see, you know, it, like the the uh, as uh, Zachary Levi got to do Shazam, I would like yeah. to see the Superman who was reflecting of that and yes. actually having a good time, you know, yeah. but that completely throws continuity. Right. I have no idea what what is and what isn't out in in anymore. And Wonder Woman 84 is going to be confusing as well because they're kind of softly rebooting. You know what? Well, her canon was established. Maybe. But what will happen is the, the Suicide Squad will explain. Oh, everything yeah, you're right. Oh, thank There's, goodness that's coming. And right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You've, OK. <laughs> Uh, shooting in Prague. Okay, uh, let's talk just a little bit uh, briefly. So briefly about uh, this other. Um, did we want to talk about this other HBO Max story? I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're done with HBO <laughs> stuff. I'm kind of, I just I'm saying the words are coming out of my mouth, and I'm already tired of it. <laughs> Do you guys feel strongly about anything else on the list? Let's uh, take a look. Uh, I mean, I am. Ex- I, I am a. Uh, I did subscribe to HBO Max, so I'm curious to see there, and I'm very excited about the fact that Studio Ghibli is on there. That's one of the, the selling points to me. Uh, it's it's. And I see we. Yeah. You could dig into HBO Max at some point, but there's interesting things that aren't on there. Um, well, you know. By the way, with the launch, since this is timely, the launch of HBO Max. I will say this: the smoothest transition of an app oh, i have true. ever experienced in my life like i woke up that morning my phone apple tv all of a sudden was hbo max i had didn't have to re-log in i yeah. was just yeah in it yeah that's a good point and, and i actually great. subscribed through hulu as an add-on and it was again completely invisible or transparent yeah, yeah. no that's pretty good and they do have if you're a doctor who fan one of the great it, it's a great interface and it's probably the best organized the last 12, 11 seasons of Doctor Who have ever been organized. Kudos to them for that. Well, they got to have some fans so. over there because, yeah, clearly nobody else has ever cared to do it. <laughs> uh, BBC has a certain way of doing things. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing it that way for the last 75 years and no one's going to change it. I guess so. and just to wrap up the 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 news section, then I, I yeah. would say that I would I will, I will go with the one of the ones that I found, uh, which is a headline I read. Um, that is Aquafina and Karen Gillan to star in action comedy described as Barry meets Mean Girls. And I have to tell you. No, wait, don't say anything. Just let it. Just let it. Just oh, yeah. Let let's it, just let's just, just bask on that for a second. Linger there. Aquafina. Because I love Gillen. every word in that <gasps> headline. Me too. It's just the best. Like All of the words. I, w- I want that movie now. Yeah. Wait, is it a movie or a series? It's a movie. <gasps> I'll take either one. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. All right. That's well, link in the show casting. notes. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. Uh, let's do trailers. All right. What are we doing here? Uh, Kyle, first, mm-hmm. look, uh, let me just say, you guys are pretty new on this show. And for you to we be are. so hasty to get your links in so early. <laughs> All right. What'd you pick? Well... You'll you won't be saying that when we talk about it. <laughs> well, what? Are you kidding? Well, that sounds like an invitation. Why yours, did you take the first time? Yours is the high point of the entire show this weekend. <laughs> it's kind of awesome, actually. I kind of say it anyway. So, Kyle, please, your oh, your series. So uh, it's interesting how in the course of a couple of years that uh, it used to be a movie trailer was about a movie that was coming out in theaters, but that's not the case anymore because this is a movie trailer for a movie coming out on. The Netflix. Uh, it's a little film called The Old Guard. Uh, it's actually based on a comic book of the same name. Uh, it stars Charlize Theron. It's written by Greg Rucka, who's one of my favorite writers. Uh, it's sort of about a group of immortals who are have been fighting for their entire life, but now they're having a difficult time because in this modern age of hypervigilance, they're having a hard time keeping their identity secret because everybody's taking pictures and having video cameras all the time. So how do you disguise the fact that you've been around for a thousand years? Uh, so it's, but it's, it's not really a, that, that makes it sound like it's a, a wacky comedy. It is not. It is a full on action movie uh, about people who kill and can't be killed. So I'm very excited about this one. Who are you? You can call me Andy. I lead a group of soldiers. Fighters like you. With an extremely rare skill set. What do you mean? Mother? 
say were very hard to kill. She she has absolutely pivoted her career, and you know, and I I think uh, coming off what was the last one she did that I loved so much? It was the action thing where she nearly broke her back. Um, Atomic Blonde. Oh, Atomic Blonde. Come yeah. on with that movie. So yeah. I I see that, and I think uh, this is this hopefully gives me more of that Charlie's Throne because so. that was amazing, and I would watch her do that kind of stuff all the live long day. I thought it was terrific, and so this is exactly the kind of thing that I'd sign up for, right? I mean, it's yeah. just action sci-fi, uh, kind of brutal. Uh, and some sweet technology swiping. Also, though, when I saw your trailer in the show notes, I read the old gourd, and it was the last trailer that I watched. I was like, I don't want. It. What is Kyle doing? He's still new. It's a Norwegian folktale about still starring Charlize Theron because there's nothing she can't do. That's right. So my my trailer. Speaking of sci-fi, if you like sci-fi, what about sci-fi horror and comedy? So my trailer is a little movie called Psycho Gorman. Before I say anything else, let me read to you the description of this film. Siblings Mimi and Luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord using a magical amulet. They force the monster to obey their childish whims and accidentally attract a rogues gallery of intergalactic assassins to small town suburbia. For every child, there is one time, one adventure, and one psycho that makes all their dreams come true. He's going to kill everybody if we take him anywhere. Not unless I tell him to. Oh, bye! For Mimi, that time is now. So based on a true story? I don't... Like, wow, they, they're, like, they're like covering the trifecta there. That's like, I don't know if magic. I need to add anything to no. Look at so I'm going through the stuff. This movie, technically, it's it actually has come out, it came out early March, but huh, you wouldn't know that. Uh, and it was a South by Southwest Film Festival official selection. It's from Canada, if that helps, right? It is from this Canadian group called Astron Six. Uh, Steven Kostansky is the director. He's um, their whole thing is low budget, 80 centric independent movies that often combine horror with comedy. It looks hilarious. It's from Canada. I thought it was very. Well, see, I was watching Canada. it. I swear it looked dubbed. It, no, I'm like saying when, when people were talking, like it wasn't the oh, sound really? was not matching up to what they were saying. I, I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, is this from Finland? Or I mean, like, I, I assumed it was a foreign uh, film that they they dubbed over. I think that may have okay. been intentional. Okay. <laughs> I think. That, and let's put it this way: the director, he's coming off. He's he's uh, directed other films. Uh, one is called Laser Ghosts <laughs> Two: Return to Laser Cove. And there yeah, that's was a laser, laser with a Z. One, and I missed it. <laughs> It just looked, you know what? I love, here's the deal. I love movies that put kids in outrageous situations that are completely inappropriate. Well, that's Done. exactly what this movie does, right? And even in the trailer, you can, they they tell you what the spirit of this is. Remember as a kid, sure. the first time you had the crap scared out of you? That's this movie. So <laughs> uh-huh. if you want that feeling, here it is. For me, Salem's Lot, 13 years old Ooh. or 12 years old, and Billy is in the window and he's like, get me in. That was mine. I, everybody has one. That's what this movie is. I fell in love the yes. second they said that. Like that just made complete sense to me. Why hasn't anybody pitched a movie quite that way, quite so clearly? It was perfect. Mine was the gate. Oh, Do you remember wow. the gate? <gasps> oh, you've yeah. been bad. <laughs> yeah, man, that freaked me out. <laughs> okay, is it my turn? It is your turn. Yes. Wrap it up, Pete. Take us home. So here's the thing. Uh, Gerardo Naranjo is the director, and uh, it was written also by uh, uh, Gerardo, and it is a movie called Vienna and the Phantoms. And I was uh, dubious that I would even find a trailer this week, and then a a music road movie leapt into my lap. How delightful is that? I, it's Dakota Fanning. It's Zoe Kravitz. It's John Bernthal. What? Mm-hmm. 
uh, Evan Rachel Wood and Jeremy Allen White and Caleb Landry Jones. I mean, these are people we know. Like, this is not a COVID trailer. This is a real movie. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it has a really interesting look to it. Uh, It it is uh, muted tones. Dakota is the groupie. Nobody likes her. And so there's all kinds of that dynamic in the trailer. But um, it it is it does um, uh, really sort of truck in that kind of love of music and oh my god the lead singer has some real problems that we're gonna have to get get through it's it's a mountain climber of an emotional movie i was provoked by this trailer what'd you guys think how you made this some girl gave that to me to give to them and then they canceled the show you know i know somebody that tours with them with the phantoms i give it to them Her name's Vienna. She's helping us out. That's not your real name, though. You guys just keep multiplying. So not a sequel to Gem and the Holograms. It could be, actually. I mean, it had that same kind of vibe. It really has that vibe to it. I, I, yeah. Seriously, that cast, enough, yeah. like, just them, like, hanging out in the green room for two hours? I would That's buy right. a ticket to that. I mean, they are all amazing. I, I love John Barenthal. I, I wish that pe- and more people had seen the sitcom he did for CBS called The Class. I haven't he seen was, the sitcom. Yeah, it was did. it was a one season wonder. I mean, it came and went. He was so funny in that show. And then he got Walking Dead. And then since then, he's been Punisher, Dark. Punisher, Punisher. But I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh man, I wish people could see the range this man has. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, getting in a prestige thing like this and holding his own against people like Evan Rachel Wood, who is a force of nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's I'd, I'd never heard of this before, but yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, same thing. I thought it looked great. I mean, it's the gritty, it's, you know, gritty on the road story, but I love that they uh, sort of tease that there's more to this. You know, what's the, who's yeah. the villain? Who's yeah. the real villain? And what's, what's happening? So yeah, no, it looks great. Drops June and 30th. Dakota Fanning. Uh, so here's hoping that we can just have it. Yeah. Just take right. it. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have a, do you, do you have a movie to fix? <laughs> Rob, what do you got? <laughs> oh, no, I, actually, I thought about that. Well, I'm like, wow, is that going to be a thing? Um, well, just you, you've listened. You someday will we'll, someday will release the the bootleg of my show. Right. I'm just as yeah. likely to <laughs> insert it here. Like, here's 44 minutes of Rob losing if, his if proverbial. If you want to say, I, you have full. I forgot it was there. You're you found a treasure. You are free to do whatever you there want with it. It's just yours. a clip and an extended uh, episode of the Sat Math this weekend. We'll see what happens. <laughs> here's the problem with this movie right off the bat. Okay. When I saw Last Jedi, my daughter and I had the same experience. Look, it has flaws. Sure. Yes, there is a major plot device that has is problematic. Yes. It runs a little long. But when we sat there and watched that movie, there were no less than five moments where my jaw dropped. Yeah. And I was totally excited. I was totally transported being to back to being a little kid in 1977. And I was in, and I was just completely enthralled. Here was the difference in this movie. There were probably six moments where I flipped off the screen. <laughs> and already, I said, do you, do you know what the six are? And oh, I've got them okay. listed. <laughs> All right, and I said, screw you guys. <laughs> hey, do we have any uh, Marvel movie minute? We're we're on the threshold of a major milestone. Yeah, that's true. Uh, on tu- on Tuesday, it will be half That's right. We're going to hit the halfway point in the movie. What are you going to do? What's oh, the big celebration? We, we got it. We got it. We do have a halftime party. And it's it's it, there is a it's an expanded yep. episode. So this will be minute 57. Uh, I believe the title is Stretch Blonsky meets a tree. <laughs> and it's halftime. That's literally the title of the episode. It's this is how we are. <laughs> if if you if you tuned in yesterday, yesterday being yeah. Friday, th- one of my favorite titles of the recent run, uh, minute fifty five was not being instantly dead yes. is a win. <laughs> Right. Uh, and one of my, uh, I got to talk this, 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 in this set of episodes that just dropped about one of my favorite performers of all time, Terry Notary, who has a big role in the movie. He also was the motion capture guy for the Hulk. So, and he has a cameo too. So I got to wax uh, poetical about him and all the wonderful things that he's been doing for the movies. Terry, I say you could call that episode a love letter. To Terry I, Notary. I believe that actually is what the title <laughs> of the episode could, is. Could say a that. love letter to Terry Notary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am looking Maybe forward to I mean, the drama <laughs> you guys build into the titles. I'm looking forward to 
And the other thing that I like so much is every title has appropriate punctuation. So sometimes you get titles that say, the scrupulosity deepens with a slammer at the end of that, right? That bang. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's more subtle. Episode 59, regrets, period. (laughs) I mean. I've had a few. If there if there isn't a single giant tear coming down my face at the end of that episode, <laughs> I will be feel broken. Uh, it's going very well, gentlemen. I'm excited every time I press publish. <laughs> we're having yeah. well, we're that having a good well. Time. We appreciate yes. that. Where we are, we Truly. really are excited. Uh, all right, shall we talk about our list? Let's get into it. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we we were challenged with this thing about uh, tax comedies, and uh, as I was sort of doing my research, I was like, man, this is going to be like the steeliest of all list games because there's not a whole lot. So I think I think the order we go in is going to determine who gets stolen from the most I, because whew. yeah, I'm worried about that. And now it's now I I discovered why you guys are so. Uh, just lickety split on getting your trailers in because this one's hard. Yeah, that's where uh, and, we spent the most time. Yeah, and, and so we were talking about the movie that we were talking about for this week was um, uh, the Dinner Game, uh, mm-hmm. the Dinner de Con. And it, have you have you seen it? I have not seen it. That's the no. one that was remade as Dinner no. for Schmucks, right? It sure was. Uh, and it is this one is better than that one. Uh, this one is French. It is lovely, uh, uh, Francis Faber, and it is it's funny and dark, and it's one of those things at the end that you think, how did I find that subject funny? If you had just told me the premise, I I would have walked away. Like it's just not going to be good. And they ended up making a, a delightful film out of it. And as part of this, there is a subplot with an accountant. Uh, uh, he's an IRS auditor and he comes in and he's he. there is going to be an audit and tax implications of this rich publisher's hiding goods that are quite valuable in one of his spare bedrooms. And so that's how we ended up, thanks to the crew last week, with tax comedies. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and with that, I cannot wait to pit for us to pick our list for next week. <laughs> yeah. And oh, wait, I'm on the show next week. No, no, easy. Uh, comedy, romantic comedies involving two people. Outstanding. <laughs> uh, it is interesting, then that you get to go first, Mr. Olson. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll take one that I'm sure there's on at least one person's list. So getting out of prison and adjusting to, to regular civilian life is difficult. Uh, but it's even worse when, when you go back to the place where you were raised and turns out that they owe so many back taxes that they're going to foreclose. And so you have to get your brother and travel across the country to try and save this place. And, of course, I'm talking about the classic from 1980, Blues Brothers, directed by Mr. John Landis. The question is, is it a steal? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't need yeah, yeah, to steal. Yeah, yeah. And I have barely have a backup. Like I don't <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's my backup. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's why I figured whoever got first was gonna grab yeah. that, so I decided to be the one. However, uh, before we move on from it, I have to say uh it it has uh, Steven Spielberg's finest acting. Jeez. <laughs> oh, watch it, folks. I'm telling you, he's in there. Oh, all right. Wow. He's in every cut of the movie. Roadshow version, he's in all of them. <laughs> all right. What a great movie. Rob. It's a, it is a terrific movie. Come on. Um, who, it's your I turn. Yeah, you're yeah, number sure. two. All right. So, uh, well, you know what? I just, I figured I'd pick this really wonderful, beautiful little buddy film from 1994 called The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, wait, that's That's wrong. not funny. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wait, no. Okay, so Rob. I don't really... I'm embarrassed the one the, one of the three movies I have on this list because I, I'm not even I'm going to mention it at the end. I don't even care. I'm going to take you back to Christmas 1993. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, and Margaret, mm-hmm. a little movie called Grumpy the Old, old Men. Yeah. Wow. Which, mm-hmm. when I, okay, and I love that movie. I remember when the trailers came out, so excited because I love Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon had this great resurgence of his career, even mm-hmm. Walter Matthau. Yeah. Towards the end of, you know, they were 90s. They're they're nearing the end of their careers, obviously. And just there was, I think, uh, they're reminiscing of the odd couple. Mm-hmm. And just they had these great, great moments. And this movie, great cast. Kevin Pollock, Ossie Davis, Daryl Hannah, Burgess Meredith, who mm-hmm. even came back for the sequel. I think it was his last filmed film appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just was really great. And the, the story did really well, too, because it had a sequel. It doubled it doubled its money. Uh, basically, they just play these two two bickering men who live next door to each one other. They're obviously friends. The one has got a tremendous amount of IRS debt. Hilarity ensues. Love triangle. Ice fishing. What an exceptional movie. And everything you've described is like uh, just through a fog. I remember so many bits of that movie. I had no memory of tax debt. Like that was not even a thing in my head. Tax debt? Oh, yeah. Remember the scene? You remember the scene where where he the IRS agent shows up and then they're like and Walter Matthau covers for him, even though he doesn't want to because he kind of assumes. And there's a whole thing where they end up taking care of the debt. He Jack Lemon ends up with Anne Margaret. Yeah. yeah, Oh, it's such it's OK. It's totally worth seeing again because it's just it's it was a beautifully funny movie of just people who were adored. And these actors just just made so much greatness happen when you wouldn't think that they could do it anymore and they can and it's fantastic. So That's Blues scary. Brothers obviously is set in Chicago and is and is loved in Chicago. Both my parents are from Minnesota and Grumpy Old Men was shot and set in Minnesota and that movie is beloved in Minnesota. Yes. That is like one of their favorite movies that they put up there on the on the high shelf. Oh, look at the Which way. The, look, uh, Grumpy Old Men <laughs> shot here. It's great. And I just got to add this. One of the one of the great things I love about Jack Lemmon, Jack Lemmon probably has of all time the greatest tombstone that has ever existed. Do you, have you ever do you know what I this is? Know. So he's buried in the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in Westwood, California. Right. And he's he's buried near Walter Matthau. But his tombstone literally is just Jack Lemmon in. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. His family How? is so grateful. Oh, but you know, but knowing him, yeah. I mean, you know what? Yeah. That's awesome. Still got top billing. That's beautiful. Exactly right. All right, so. all right. My uh, my pick. I, I can't believe was Grumpy Old Men of Steel. That feels like no. that was steel worthy. Okay, so no. we have the first non steel. Uh, I'm going to go for a movie that was when I saw the trailer, I thought, hey, this is going to be funny, and it turns out there is some funny in it but it's also an amazing uh, a movie that showcases some depth that i did not expect it is stranger than fiction will ferrell mm. uh it, who turns in a performance that is just for me it's unforgettable i mean it just shows that this guy has incredible range so if you can watch stranger than fiction and elf back to back you get pretty much the whole guy that that's another great cast yeah. i mean the, the oh, amount of people God. that it's like you you go down the list and it's like <laughs> How yeah, did they get oh, all these right. people? Well, it was like the Maggie same Gyllenhaal and yeah. uh, Hoffman. She's my and... she's my second favorite Gyllenhaal. <laughs> well, just, you know, we just did the kindergarten. I mean, Emma Thompson's in that movie. That's right. Queen Latifah's Queen in Latifah. that movie. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, great movie. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I was that a steal? No. It turns out there are more than no. three movies. It turns out that are tax sort of comedies. All right, Kyle. Ah, okay. So, uh, go back to B. So. Um, Dying is easy, comedy is hard, and uh, having a successful hit on Broadway is even harder. So my choice is, of course, from 1967, Mel Brooks' immortal classic, The Producers. There you go. Gene Wilder and Zero Mustel. And, uh, you know, if, I, I, I was going to say, if anybody had had it already, I was going to say, mine's from 2005, <laughs> The Producers, The Musical. Because actually, that's the one I've actually seen more often. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm a Broadway guy, yeah. so I've, uh, it's like it's the way you can right. see the two guys who you know sort of define those roles on Broadway. Well, it's not, it's not a great movie, but it's a really good version of a Broadway musical. Yeah, that one is um, that one's. I, I'm a little hamstrung by that one. I thought of it early, but we've done it on the show, and so Andy has a rule, and sometimes I abide by it. Okay, well, I can. I'll, I'll take the you take it. That's yeah, fine. that's the you got it. No, you yeah. take whichever. Uh, Rob, what do you got? Uh, did, did anybody have this? Did anybody have that? Oh, no. Producer. Wow. Now, um, I'm, I'm better than this. I'm sorry. I picked it because I do have a, and it's not even a funny story. Happy Gilmore is not, is not anything. Steal. <laughs> now, now, wait. Okay. You <laughs> just, can do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just merge all that, right? Don't you want to go okay. home? I mean, it's a 96 comedy. Everyone knows and remembers it because there was the crazy scene with Bob Barker and he's fighting him and his grandmother's wrong, Bob. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> why are you taking her stuff? <laughs> okay, so you want to hear the most ridiculous story about this movie is it comes out in 96. We go, okay. I will never forget this movie for this reason. My wife's, uh, at, uh, at we were not married at the time, but my wife's father had just passed away. Great story, Rob. We, <laughs> okay, no, so what's the no, next trailer? Stop. We left. <laughs> No, because here's the thing. This is why I remember this movie. So there's like a week later and I'm like, you know, let's all feel better. Oh, look, there's this really funny movie. It's Adam Sandler. Come on, I'll take you and your brother. We'll go see this movie. And if you remember this movie in the opening sequence, his characters driven because his father dies in a ridiculous accident. And I will never forget sitting in that theater just going, oh, my God. I didn't know. I I, I, not, I did not know <laughs> this was going to happen. Who could have predicted this? Nobody could. Nobody could this. Why would Adam Sandler come happen? and start with the death? <laughs> Sandler's so predictable. I swear, <laughs> start with him taking a bath I or mean, something. I don't know. It is one of the most mortifying movie-going moments of my life. <laughs> And yeah, it's a comedy and it involves taxes. I can just imagine Rob <laughs> sitting in the theater and being so mortified that he picks up a guitar and starts singing, Red Hooded Sweatshirt! <laughs> just, just as loud as he can in the theater. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just the whole... Oh, uh, boy. Anyway. Okay. There we go. I got another one. Uh, and this one, and I would like to say, for the record, that with Happy Gilmore, the uh, lean against his grandmother's house, I watched a 25-minute YouTube video of, by a tax attorney discussing whether or not the tax rules in that movie were legit, like could have happened. And it turns out, because this was before the Reform Act in 1998, that yes, it could have played out, and yes, they could have even taken her stuff, but the problem is she was 80 and he, he found all kinds of ways to get her out of this because of her advanced age. So I did homework. I also did homework on this one. And I would like to educate you both on the rule against perpetuities. That is an obscure uh, rule that nobody really likes and very few people understand. Uh, but it Homer, states Homer, no interest is, so is anybody still right here? Yeah. No interest <laughs> is good until it must vest, if at all, not later than 21 years after some life in being at the creation of the interest. And that tax law, the rule against perpetuities, is at the center of the comedy drama The Descendants. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, boy, oh. you took us around the Cape of Good Hope. <laughs> I got you there, though. I got you there safe and sound, gents. You're welcome. Everything's fine. Uh, I, kept, I kept thinking in my head, how does Chubbs fit into this? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what is that? Was a, that well, that's the movie that won Jim Rash's Oscar, yes, I believe, right? it is. Yep. And it is uh, terrific. Uh, film and it is a film um, by uh, I don't have my tab open it's filmed by Alexander Payne and I'm a big Alexander Payne film even the Alexander Payne films that I'm sometimes not a fan of but uh, Yes Me Sideways is one of my top five movies I just adore it and uh, so I went into this one uh, with a lot of hope and I think Clooney cleaned up I think it was I think it was great and um, so the rule against perpetuities there you go you just learned something you're welcome Nice. And it's back to you, Kyle. All right. So I'm going to take this home. The game's right. afoot. Okay. So um, being a parent is difficult, um, especially as a single parent. And sometimes they don't always make the right choices. Sometimes they fudge a little bit of numbers on their taxes. But it's okay because uh, their daughters will still love them, especially when they find a, a good guy uh, who doesn't want to process anything or make anything or make anything or process anything or process anything made or make anything <laughs> processed. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about 1989's classic Say Anything, written and directed by Mr. Cameron Crowe. That is a... Uh, and it has mm. both of my favorite Cusacks in it. It does. All the Cusacks, you could say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, and this, this, I say this is almost a prequel to uh, it. Gross Point Blank. That was it. <laughs> so, am I to say anything? Right. Did I steal anybody? No, no, no? that was not a steal. And in fact, that was that's a, a such an obvious one with the taxes because yeah. that's the tax. Yeah, her, her, yeah her Yoni dad. Sky's dad is going to prison. Oh, Yoni Sky. Uh, Rob, did you want to say anything about your next pick? 
Well, it's it, it's it got stolen because it was the Blues Brothers. Ah, okay. Um, and I'll be honest, when I looked through, okay, everyone you guys have mentioned got exhausted. Orange whip, orange whip, it, orange whip, orange whip, <laughs> orange, orange whip. <laughs> you can AMPM, you can still go to AMPMs and get orange whips. Well, you maybe shouldn't do that now, but yes, you you that's where you can still get an orange whip. Um, no, I, I I got limited. That was it because I was like, I want to stick to things I've seen. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any other than everything we've mentioned. There wasn't anything else I've, I've seen. That's why I, I didn't take uh, Stranger Than Fiction for the same reason. I, I saw mm. that, too, but I have never seen the movie. You know, I haven't done my last pick. So before you rattle off all your stuff, maybe let the last guy go. <laughs> so uh, I, I I had two that were stolen. The tax of, man coming. Uh, of mine. They're, so my list got shortened pretty significantly. And so Ooh. I would like to take I'd like to name my pick. Can I call my pick? It is the Brian Blake memorial pick, uh, because when this tax comedies hit as the winner in the show talk channel over on discord brian blake was the first to actually mimic what i think i was thinking the whole time which was the phantom menace <laughs> yeah i was thinking the same thing oh that's <laughs> i was thinking the same the first thing that came to mind that is a sweet sweet pick yeah. brian blake so the memorial yeah. phantom Men- menace out. pick goes yeah. to brian well played funny but Man. not in the way yeah. they intended it's funny, no. it's funny, but not so funny. All right. I tried to look. I was thinking, what about Cutler Beckett in the in the two and three of Pirates of the Caribbean? But I was like, he's not. He's specifically oh. trying to get trade routes, but not taxation. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And also, not really comedy. So that was that was as far as I, I dug into that. Those have gotten less funny. So <laughs> much less funny. <laughs> Uh, so next week we are talking about dinner for schmucks. Uh, you've seen Dinner for Schmucks. I have not seen Dinner for Schmucks. I'm aware no, of yeah, it, I don't but I've not seen yeah, it. I haven't seen Dinner for Schmucks. Well, you'll be per- perhaps surprised to hear that it's very much the same as the dinner game that we just Ooh. talked about. And so we need to come up with a list of movies that relate to a uh, a game, a dinner game, where uh, these rich, uh, we'll just call them, let's just say there's a group of one, one percenters, the industrialists, and mm-hmm. they have dinner where they bring a bunch of people that they like to laugh at, and the, the oddballs in the world, and they bring them over to their house, and then they, they award a prize at the end of the night for the, for the person who brought the weirdest guest, and they don't tell the guests what they are there for it is an incredibly hateful premise and <laughs> and we need to talk about uh we need to come up with a series of movies now in this case the oddballs uh we have people like um octavia spencer is in the movie and she's an oddball who can I, she uh can ex- feel the feelings of dead fish um uh, steve carell's character actually picks up dead mice off of the subway off the street in New York and he creates uh, dioramas he taxidermies them and makes dioramas that recreate love scenes from his past before his wife left him Um, we do have more tax stuff uh, at work in this movie Um, there is uh, there's just definitely a lot of it's a class movie class sort of class warfare class discussion and also it's Steve Carell and uh, Paul Rudd Paul Rudd is I, the is the rich guy who brings Steve Carell to the has to be educated in the ways of the world. Rob, I have seen this movie because as soon as you mentioned about what Steve Carell's character does, I now remember it all at once. All at you once. Sure you sure not thinking yes. of Marwin? Because that's also Steve. This Carell was the audition dogs. piece, actually. No, this was the re- the mice that. No, it was different. Yeah. Now I remember. So, what do you think? Um, uh, I was thinking about when you were talking about one percenters and and stuff. I, I started thinking about that and inheritance. And what about movies with weird inheritances? I don't think there are any legit inheritances in this movie. No, I was just thinking about rich people and, and yeah, there are there is people rich people problems. Money. Truly. Uh, and there is a Swedish investor who is making people do all kinds of things because they want his money at their firm. And so there's definitely the the jumping through the hoops to acquire wealth thing. I can do that. Yeah, that was it. All right. Letter of the yeah. law. Jumping through hoops to get rich. Yeah, there you go. That's it. All right. Uh, the the thing about the characters in this movie, and the oddballs, they they all have uh, you know interesting personality. We have a blind uh, swordsman 
Uh, it's a Jay Roach movie. That's the that is one thing. Mm. Um, it, we've got the relationship where he's trying. The whole movie is about him trying to rebuild his relationship. We do have the oddball character. Uh, we have two oddball characters in this movie that may be worth uh, sort of plumbing the depths of opportunity. Zach Galifianakis plays mm. the uh, IRS guy, and he is he, he fancies himself somebody who has earned the power of the mind or has taught himself the power of the mind and he can control Steve Carell. And so they have a mind power, brain power fight at the end of the movie. That's the real climax. It's, it's mm. Zach Gal. He just, Zach Galifianakis is all over sure. every scene he's right. in. Uh, Jermaine Clement is in the movie mm. as the potential love interest uh, for the broken relationship. And he has perhaps the best line in the movie uh, and he puts on these goat horns. He's kind of an artist, photographer, musician, and he sets up these crazy scenes. And and he says, I'm just a goat who's halfway through eating himself. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is stuck like a mantra for, for us. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, wake is Monday, 8 a.m. Monday morning for me right now. Just a goat. <laughs> Halfway through, Halfway eating, through himself. eating myself. So there's there's something in that, like movies with with great uh, with particularly oddball characters, uh, B characters, C characters. Uh, I don't know. What um, about uh, uh, character uh, uh, movies with characters with strange mental powers? Mind fights. Oh, mind fights. Oh, mind fights. You want to do mind fights? Mind fights. Yeah. I like mind I'm fights. I'm not on the show next mind week. Fights. Let's do mind fights, everybody. <laughs> yes. Mind what's, fights. Making, what's difficult is I am on the show next week. I know. I'm, 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 it's, it's taking everything I have not to just immediately say, oh, you mean like, <laughs> like right. oh, I don't want to give it away because I'm, I'm in the game. You know, we could. Movies oh. with taxidermy. Just throw something out there because mind fights movies. Well, I was thinking about your point about Marwin. Like maybe there's mm. something to, if we really want to make it hard for specifically you next week, we mm-hmm. could do something where like characters play have the same characteristics or hobbies or habits in two different movies oh like corral a double challenge so you'd have to have come up with six because you need sets of two yeah it'd be pairs it'd be buddy movies so that just throwing it out there that's better than miniaturized life moments <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> Life in miniature. So, so what do we think? Miniaturization. Ooh. Miniaturization. Small movies. No, that's not going to cut it. Something becoming small. Yeah, yeah right. Something yeah. becoming small. Okay, yeah. you got it. Miniaturization movies in movies? Movies with shrinkage. No, movies. I don't. Right. No. We can come up with a better term, I think. Miniaturization, I think. It's yeah, miniaturization. I think miniaturization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you explain that next week because you will have been here and <laughs> yeah, you can you explain why we are crazy All about right, that. Gents, Fantastic. Let me, uh, let me mansplain this to you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chance, for hanging out on this fine Saturday morning. Absolutely. So we got, now we got the whole day ahead of us. This is great. <laughs> I know. Live it up. up. Go eat your <laughs> honey nut check cereal and uh, have a party. Oh, wait. <laughs> Properly socially distanced party. Here we go. That's right. Of of course. A uh, me party. A party by myself. Do you want to vote in next week's list challenge? You should. You should ha- head over to the Show Talk channel in the Next Reels Discord community, and you can lend your vote to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. How do you get access to the Show Talk channel, you may ask? Let me tell you. I know a couple of guys who are exceptional at reading ads, and... <laughs> And they have done Man, this I wish thing. They were here. They've done this thing where every time they read any sort of ad or promotional material, it's different. And I can't wait to see what they do today. What, uh, what are we? Uh, what are we pitching? This is, see, wait, here's, 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 here's the inside baseball part. Of it. Usually, we, we go through our show. We're like, we're like yeah. Hulk, 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 man, isn't it great? Edward Norton's so great. And I get to the end and go, what are we talking about? And Rob's like, you're supposed to talk about Patreon. I'm like, oh right, Patreon. Patreon. You're supposed to talk about Patreon. Is it Patreon? Yeah, okay. or, or merch. We're just going to do one. Pick one. Pick your favorite one. I mean, the thing is, when you have such high quality content like this, and you're hearing it for free, I mean, it's it's it seems like it's a bargain, and it is a bargain because bandwidth isn't free, and neither are microphones. So anything that you can do to help us keep doing this for you would be greatly appreciated, and you can do so monetarily over a little thing we like to call patreon even just a dollar a month 
You can get access to early stuff. You can get secret discussion channels that no one else can see. And a lot of extra little bonus content that we go from time to time. We love our patrons. Uh, and we can anything we can do to, to help keep the show going. We'll also take, take a gander at this. When we do these shows, we're sharing our souls with you. Mm-hmm. And what you want to consider is what's the value of a soul. Take a moment, consider, and then head over to our Patreon page and give us some money. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us this fine Saturday matinee. Until next week, I'm Pete Wright, and these guys are Kyle Olson and Rob Cabosco. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Marvel Movie Minute, baby. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.